Good morning, my name is Myra, and I'd like to welcome everyone to the Analog Devices Conference Call, which is being audio webcast via telephone and over the web. I'd like to now introduce you, your host for today's call, Mr. Michael Lucarelli, Senior Director of Investor Relations. Sir, the floor is yours. Great. Thank you, Myra, and good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this call on such short notice. We're very excited to be discussing ADI's combination with Maxim Integrated, a combination that will strengthen our analog semiconductor leadership position and create an enterprise valued at over $68 billion. With us on the call today is Vincent Roche, President and CEO of Analog Devices, Tunch Delusha, President and CEO of Maxim Integrated, and Prashanth Mahendra Raja, CFO of Analog Devices. You can obtain copies of the joint press release as well as the supplemental presentation, which we'll use as a reference during our call today on Analog Devices Investor website under the events section. Today's call is being recorded and will also be available for replay on our corporate website. Now on to the disclosures. Today's call will contain certain forward-looking statements, including statements relating to the expected timing and completion of the pro proposed transaction, its anticipated benefits and synergies, and its potential impact on the combined organization's future financial and operating results. These forward-looking statements are subject to risks and uncertainties, as further described in the press release that we issued this morning announcing the transaction and are qualified by the risk factors contained in our and Maxim's periodic reports and other materials filed with the SEC. After results could differ materially from the forward-looking information, as these statements reflect our expectations only as the date of this call. We undertake no obligation to update these forward-looking statements, except as required by law. Okay, with that, please turn to slide four in the presentation, and I want to pass it over to ADICO, Vincent Roche. Vince? Thanks, Mike, and good morning to you all. We're very glad that you could join us this morning at very short notice. So looking at slide three, let me begin by saying that we're incredibly excited to be joining forces with Maxim. They're obviously a very highly regarded company, and we both share a strong focus on engineering excellence, innovation, and customer centricity. Together, we will have the opportunity to fortify ADI as the high-performance analog leader with the ability to solve our customers' most complex challenges. I have no doubt that Maxim will be an excellent partner as we drive forward the next wave of disruptive innovation, accelerate our growth, and in turn deliver significant benefits for our stakeholders. Now, let me highlight the compelling strategic and financial benefits for you. The combination will enable us to capitalize on the secular growth opportunities across our markets and deliver innovative solutions in a ubiquitously sensed and connected world. It will increase our scale from a revenue and cash perspective, underpinned by a solid financial position, and will generate significant free cash flow to enable greater shareholder returns. By bringing together our two highly complementary portfolios, we will push the limits of innovation and be better positioned to develop more complete systems and solutions, a very critical differentiator in our industry. Further, as market dynamics continuously evolve, this combination will provide us with enhanced breadth of engineering capabilities, depth of domain expertise, and diversity of offerings in our B2B markets. And we expect this transaction to deliver significant value to shareholders through synergies and accretion. Turning to slide four, we've been on a journey to transform ADI into an analog industry leader. 
Through organic investments and the acquisitions of Hittite and Linear Technologies, ADI today is a very different company than we were a decade ago, with over 50,000 SKUs across hundreds of applications, serving more than 125,000 customers. Our business is more diverse with a broader portfolio across high-performance analog, power, and RF. And through our pivot towards B2B, we have greater exposure to more profitable and durable end markets. We've built a robust business model with both a broad array of optionality and opportunity, as well as long-term resilience. Now, moving to slide five, I'd like to turn over to Tunch Lucha, Maxim's president and CEO, to provide a brief introduction. Maxim, as I said, is a very highly respected company with a storied history and culture of innovation. And Tunch has done an exceptional job leading the company over, for over a decade, transforming Maxim into a premier analog provider. I have tremendous respect for what he and the management team have accomplished. So with that, over to you, Tunch. Well, uh, thank you for your kind words, Vince. For over three decades, <clears throat> we've based Maxim Integrated on one simple premise, to continually innovate and develop high-performance semiconductor products that empower our customers to invent. This innovation culture has enabled us to become a premier mixed signal and power management franchise, and I trust and a trusted partner for our customers around the world. We have worked diligently to establish a business model and flexible manufacturing strategy that has delivered strong profitability and stability. From the very beginning of this discussion with ADI, it was clear that we were talking about a unique combination that could create compelling value for our employees, customers, and shareholders. Given the all-stock structure, our shareholders are presented with a great opportunity to participate in the attractive future upside of the combination. Bringing together our companies will strengthen an already robust analog portfolio that will ultimately improve the combined company's competitive position within a great industry. Our complementary offerings and engineering capabilities will deliver the analog and mixed signal solutions and services that many of our customers are increasingly demanding. The success we have achieved over the years would not have been possible without Maxim's talented and dedicated team of innovators. I am incredibly proud of the business we have built, and it brings me great pride that ADI recognized the value of our business and the talent of our people to welcome them to the ADI family. With that, I'll pass it back to you, Vince. Thanks very much, Tunch. And we look forward to welcoming you and another Maxim director to our board after the transaction closes. Now, in slide seven, we've previously discussed the continued importance of talent as the competitive differentiator in our space. Looking broadly at the market, we continue to see a decline in the number of hardware engineers, while the number of software engineers grows at double-digit rates. As a result, our customers are increasingly relying on us for our hardware expertise. At the same time, our customers are encountering more difficult challenges in the third wave of information and communications technology, 
With digital systems increasingly relying on real-world data to create actionable intelligence, therefore our customer relationships are starting earlier and lasting longer, so they gain the full benefit of our technology capabilities and product innovations. We believe to win in this environment, ADI needs to be the destination where the world's best analog engineers want to work. Together with Maxim, we are taking another important step in becoming that destination. With a combined team of over 10,000 engineers, we will have an even greater breadth of technology and talent with further prospects for professional growth. And with an R&D investment of approximately $1.5 billion each year, we'll be well funded to provide our engineers with the opportunity to develop disruptive and innovative solutions. We will continue to invest judiciously, focusing on the most attractive opportunities across our business, particularly in our B2B markets. Now turning to slide number eight, where we demonstrate the combined capabilities across four core technology platforms, namely analog and mixed signal, power management, RF, and digital and sensors. With respect to power management, Maxim's applications-focused products complement ADI's catalog of broad market products, notably with Maxim's approach in targeted strategic areas like automotive and data center. They've acquired a leading position in automotive connectivity and server processing power. Taken together, this combination builds a stronger high-performance analog portfolio that spans from DC to 100 gigahertz, from nanowatts to kilowatts, and from sensor to cloud. And these key technology platforms cover all of our core and markets, equipping ADI to create more innovative and complete solutions. In turn, we will capture new, attractive opportunities and deliver profitable growth in the years ahead. Moving to slide number nine, ADI and Maxim's broad portfolios are highly complementary, and together we will be better positioned to capitalize on the secular growth trends across Industry 4.0, digital healthcare, data centers, 5G communications, electrification and advanced vehicle systems, which in total represents a $60 billion addressable market opportunity for us. Now let me give you a couple of examples of the complementary nature. Within communications, most of you know ADI for our wireless capabilities, where we are the leader in RF signal chains. With the addition of Maxim, we will increase the scale and breadth of our wireline offerings and capabilities in carrier networks and data centers. Within automotive connectivity, our solid position in audio infotainment, like our A to B technology, complements Maxim's leadership in video and safety serial link technology. Together, our automotive capabilities will power, connect, and enhance the overall driving experience and truly showcases the power of the combined portfolio. Expanding our breadth of capabilities will continue to set ADI apart as we strive to always anticipate the technology needs of our customers and engage with them early in the design and production processes. On slide number 10, we summarize why Maxim is the right partner at the right time. We've covered many of the points here about the complementary nature of our two companies across portfolio, culture, expertise, and markets. 
In an increasingly competitive industry, scale matters. Bringing ADI and Maxim together will allow us to more effectively compete in the marketplace. Together, we will be even better suited to partner with our customers and develop more complete solutions. With Maxim, we will continue to drive investment to stay ahead of the trends that are shaping the digitization of industries and stay ahead of what's possible. So now with that, I'll pass it over to Prashant to walk you through the financial benefits of this transaction. Thank you, Vince. Let me add my welcome to our call this morning and my excitement for this transaction, which represents a very important step in ADI's growth strategy and our third milestone transaction since 2014. If we go to slide 11, you can see how we have selectively used M&As to bolster ADI's analog leadership and complement our organic growth. The Hittite acquisition made us the market leader in high-performance RF and our portfolio now spans the entire frequency spectrum, from DC to 100 gigahertz. Since this acquisition, we have more than doubled the revenue from this portfolio. And in fiscal 2019, our RF revenue increased more than 30% year over year, led by growth in industrial and wireless communications. The acquisition of linear technology added high performance power management and additional precision signal processing to our portfolio expanding our offerings to deliver more complete solutions and increasing our exposure to B2B. While we delivered on our plan, hitting 150 million of synergies, we are not done. We've identified an additional 100 million of cost of goods synergies from manufacturing optimization, which we have line of sight to achieving in 2021. And we are on path to double LTC's historical revenue growth in the years ahead. Both of these acquisitions have enabled us to operate and serve our customers at an entirely different level, moving beyond individual components into complete system solutions. On slide 12, we show a high-level overview of the pro forma combined company financials based on ADI fiscal year-end 2019. As you can see, it reflects an industry-leading financial profile that will drive significant shareholder value. The deal will create an $8.2 billion revenue company with best-in-class gross margins and leading operating margins. Given our larger scale and the expected synergies in this transaction and our focus on continuous improvement and growth, we believe we can drive these metrics even higher over time. Turning to the balance sheet, this transaction will continue to improve our strengths. The deal will reduce ADI's net leverage ratio while maintaining our robust free cash flow profile and enabling additional returns to shareholders over time. Turning to slide 13, this combination will further improve our position as a free cash flow leader in the industry. Our blended free cash flow margin of 33% on a trailing 12-month basis would have placed us in the top 10% of the S&P 500. As cost synergies are realized and cross-selling opportunities increase, we believe we can generate even higher levels of free cash flow over time. Meanwhile, we remain committed to an efficient use of our capital. Our priorities remain investing in the business first and foremost, and then returning 100% of free cash flow to shareholders. Moving on to slide 14. Over the next few years, we have charted a path 
that we expect to drive substantial shareholder value creation. We have outlined this journey from the perspective of three phases across both the P&L and the balance sheet. Now through close, we will chart our path to deliver on our stated cost synergies post-close and build up our cash position. In phase one, from close through the next 24 months, we will be focused on executing on the 275 million of cost synergies, driven primarily by lower operating expenses and cost of goods sold. At the same time, we plan to reduce our cash balance by returning more than 100% of free cash flow to shareholders. In phase two, we expect to deliver additional cost synergies related to manufacturing optimization. And while in phase three, we expect to begin realizing revenue synergies from the cross-selling opportunities. If we can turn now to slide 15, some of the transaction highlights. ADI will acquire Maxim in an all-stock transaction that values the combined enterprise at over 68 billion. Maxim shareholders will receive 0.63 ADI shares for each share of Maxim common stock. At closing, we expect the pro forma company to have approximately 6.6 billion in gross debt, 2.5 billion in cash, and 4.1 billion of net debt, with a net debt to adjusted EBITDA leverage ratio of 1.2, excluding synergies. Over the course of the pre-closing period, we expect to maintain our favorable dividend policy and we are committed to maintaining our strong investment grade rating. This transaction, which was unanimously approved by both boards of directors, is expected to close in the summer of 2021, pending regulatory clearance and other customary closing conditions, as well as approval by ADI and Maxim investors. Before I turn the call back to Vince, I also want to highlight our press release this morning about our guidance for the third quarter of fiscal 2020. We also announced that we have raised our financial guidance for the quarter. We now expect revenue of approximately 1.45 billion, plus or minus 30 million. The increase in our revenue is driven by better than expected demand across our end markets, with particular strength in comms and industrial. This upside in demand has resulted in less cancellations and higher than anticipated backlog conversion. We also expect to report EPS at 91 cents plus or minus seven and adjusted EPS to be around $1.33 plus or minus five cents. We plan to hold our third quarter earnings conference call on August 19th and we will address your questions relating to the quarter. Let me now turn the call back over to Vince. Thanks, Prashant. So closing on slide 16, ADI has long played a critical role at the nuanced intersection of the physical and digital domains by providing the building blocks to sense, measure, interpret, connect, and power the edge. As our high-performance portfolio becomes even broader with the addition of Maxim, I believe that demand for our solutions will be unprecedented as technological innovation underpinned by ubiquitous sensing, hyperscale and edge computing, and pervasive connectivity continues to increase rapidly. As I look to the future with Maxim as our partner, I'm very excited about our prospects and the opportunities that lie ahead, and I'm very confident in our ability to deliver stronger performance. So with that, I will hand it over to Mike. Thank you, Vince. Let's get to our Q&A session. 
We're going to run this a little differently than our normal earnings call. As such, we ask that you limit yourself to one question to allow time for additional participants on the call this morning. If you have a follow-up, please requeue, and if there's enough time, we'll add questions at the end. With that, can we have our first question, please? For those participating by telephone dial-in, if you have a question, please press star and then the number one on your phone. If your question has been answered and you wish to be removed from the queue, please press the pound key. If you are listening on a speakerphone, please pick up the handset when asking your question. We have our first question comes from the line of Vivek Arya from Bank of America. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks for um, taking my question. Um, I had actually, um, you know, Part A and B were dealing with the combined opportunity on the revenue side, but then also on the cost um, side. Um, so, Windsor Prashant, you, you mentioned 60 billion in combined addressable um, opportunity. I was hoping you could give us the top two or three areas where you think the combined uh, portfolio is much better positioned and uh, differentiated, and, and which areas you will particularly focus on when the deal is consummated. And then on the cost side, uh, what are the areas of kind of the product or customer overlap and, and cost synergies? Because when I look at that 275 million you outlined in uh, synergies, that's, uh, I, I estimate about 10% of, of OPEX. So if you could give us a sense for what are the areas on the cost side that you would uh, focus on to realize those uh, synergies. Thank you. Okay, so Vivek, I'll take the first part of your question. So the $60 billion is roughly split kind of halfway between uh, power management opportunities and then the remaining analog that is, as I said in the prepared remarks here, mixed signal, RF, uh, sensors, and so on and so forth. So uh, if I try to break it down in terms of the, um, the opportunity to grow from a market perspective, as, as you well know, ADI has got a very strong presence in industrial automation and in instrumentation, aerospace and defense and healthcare. And, um, you know, over the past several years, industrial has been one of our fastest growing markets um, in the upswing, and as you've seen as well, very resilient in this past year. I believe where uh, Maxim will really help us in the industrial sector is um, in our automation and healthcare franchises, and we'll provide more detail on that at some other point. Uh, secondly, in terms of communications, uh, ADI, as you know, has been very heavily tilted towards wireless. Uh, we're the leader here, and uh, you know, as 5G continues to roll out, uh, we continue to get stronger. So, with bringing LP power to this market, we now have the complementarity also of Maxim to fill the gaps in terms of the power portfolio. And um, I think as well, it's important to note that um, with Maxim our comms sector becomes more balanced, uh, actually almost it'll be 50-50 roughly between wireless and wired, um, given that uh, Maxim has a strong foothold in you know, power technology for data centers. And uh, we also get a great boost on the optical backhaul portfolio. So the, the balance there in the comms business is greater. So more diversity, more balance. And uh, I think when you look at automotive, it's... Um, you know, we've both had, I'd say, varying degrees of success over the last few years. Um, you know, I've got to put my hand up and say that ADI has underperformed in the market. Uh, and Maxim has thrived 
um, in sporting a, a low double-digit tagger over the last three years. So let me talk about how the applications are complementary. I think we're well positioned in electrification of the vehicle. That's a good tailwind and a good secular trend that uh, ADI is well positioned in. Uh, secondly, audio infotainment platforms with our A to B technology and combining Maxim's high-speed connectivity with their serial link technology in the uh, uh, safety applications like uh, camera and radar, but also displays. So uh, it's also consumer. Uh, we have um, a, quite a complementary customer set there as well as technology set. So uh, that's, that's a, a description of the complementarity from a market perspective. I'm going to hand it over to Prashant who will take you through the next part of your question on synergies. Thank you, Vince. I'm going to do this quickly so we can move on to questions, but for the help uh, for, or to be uh, helpful to folks in how to model that 275 of synergies is split 50-50 between cost of goods and OPEX. OPEX, think heavily weighted towards SGNA. Remember, one of the benefits of this deal is the engineering talent that Vince mentioned. So our goal is to retain most, if not all, of that talent. We will likely get some R&D benefits from scale. On the SGNA side, think public company expenses and other duplicative costs. For cost of goods, there's an efficiency in the economies from scale and purchasing power. To size this, uh, I'm not sure, Vivek, how you arrived at your number. The way we think about it is $275 million is roughly 5 to 6% of total cost for the combined entity. So we don't view that as a, as a very huge number. Uh, but partly that's because we're buying a very well-managed company. And the goal really is to innovate, to grow, not to really cut. But the synergies obviously will be nicely accretive to our margins and our free cash flow over time. And then maybe one last closing point is I talked about phase two of the process. Uh, at close, we're going to have four fabs and four back end. And once we get through more of the integration process, there will inevit inevitably be some ways to streamline those operations, much like we did with Linear. And that will be on top of the 275, but uh, give us some time to get there. Thank you. Thank you, Vivek, for that one multiple question. question. Um, we'll go to the next caller, please. Thank you. We have our next question comes from the line of John Pitzer from Credit Suisse. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Yeah, good morning, guys. Thanks for letting me ask the questions, and congratulations to both Vince and Tunch. A lot of questions I could ask, but I guess I'm getting pinged by investors last night and this morning about the makeup of the transaction. I guess M&A and semis is not unusual. We've seen a ton of it over the years, but the vast majority of it's been done with debt, not stock. I think, you know, if you look at the average, it's sort of 90% debt, 10% stock. So I'm kind of curious from both Vince's and Tunch's perspective, why the all stock deal? Um, help me understand, Vince, if you think your stock is cheap, why you're willing to use that currency? And I guess conversely, Tunch, just given, you know, the multiples where they are today, why is stock, in your view, a better option than cash? Yeah, thanks, John. So there are a couple of, uh, a couple of, I'll start first, and then Tunch can, can give his own opinions. But um, I think, first off, it's a great use of ADI's currency. Uh, you know, the backdrop in which we're operating right now made it very, very difficult to assign a cash value. So, you know, the negotiations obviously took place during the height of the pandemic. And uh, so using equity. 
solved for the valuation conundrum. And I think both boards were unanimous in their belief that putting these companies together uh, would enable great upside for shareholders in the, in the short, medium, long terms, and also help us manage any potential downside risk in the deal. So it aligns uh, you know, very well with, with employee and shareholders in general and um, also allows for the Maxim team to, to capture upside from the deal in years ahead. And uh, I think equity also is a better way to, to capitalize on the, on the synergies. So you've seen as well, John, that um, by using an all-equity approach, we've increased the balance sheet strength. Uh, you know, when the, when the deal closes, our leverage ratio will be approximately 1.2, down from just a shade below 2. Um, so that's, um, that's the high-level view of it. I'll turn it over to Tunch if he has any comments to make. Sure, Vince. I, I, John, I, you know, when you uh, think about this deal, first of all, you know, I, I really like the combination of the two companies. It has a great future. Uh, it made a lot of sense uh, for our shareholders also to share in that future. I'd say that would be the most important reason. But the second one is what Vince mentioned. Uh, while we were having these discussions, the stock market was all over the place, uh, and, and trying to put a cash value on the company was very difficult. So, um, I, I, you know, I basically am more for the first reason, which is um, it's a great confidence in the future of this company. Very helpful, guys. Thanks, and congratulations. Thanks, You're welcome. Thanks so much, John. Next question, please. Thank you. We have our next question comes from the line of Tor Svanberg from Stifel. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Yes. Uh, let me add uh, my congratulations to, to both teams. Um, my, my question is um, on perhaps some redundancies between the two companies. Um, I think, Vince, you laid out, you know, some of the uh, areas where obviously there's uh, some synergies but um, are there any uh, areas you would like to point out where there is perhaps some, some redundancies, you know, either by end market or by technology between the two entities? Thank you. Yeah, I think uh, from a product portfolio standpoint, Tori, you know, the analog market is characterized by uniqueness. It's, it's actually very hard, even in the areas of power and mixed signal, for example, to, for companies to build exact replicas of each other's products. So, I think at a, at, a, at a product level, and given the life cycles that our products have, um, the, the redundancy there is actually on a product skew level, very, very low. Um, you know, I would say, um, the, as I said earlier, the uh, complementary areas that we're excited about are automotive power, server power, Obviously, as well, the, the Maxim's got a good foothold in the in the data center and cloud area. Uh, the automotive serial link and the optical connectivity. So, you know, I think um, we see when I when I look at these acquisitions and I look at the potential for the long term for driving long term profitable growth. And uh, you know, in an industry where our customers are asking us to do more and more and more. I'm very excited, actually, about taking the combination of our design teams, our field applications teams, uh, and the many great support people that we've got across the company to help us 
build a stronger unified Maxim ADI. So uh, I think the logic from the market, technology, and customer standpoint of things is very, very strong. Um, Prashant may want to make some more commentary on the on the uh, the cost synergies, but um, you know, as I said, Tori, I, I look at these things as we have done the the whole way along um, about what we can do to boost the portfolio to help our customers innovate for the long term, and those problems that we're dealing with are becoming increasingly complex. So we need, um, you know. We need the talent, and uh, I will turn it over to to Prashant, who will talk a little bit more about the maybe the redundancies on the operating side. Yeah, I think, uh, uh, Tori, just just uh, reiterating what I had said earlier. The, you know, there's clearly some overlap, um, which is built which is built into the, the synergy assumption we have out there. We expect that's going to be focused in the SGNA area. The um, the overlap. Uh, in engineering talent is really going to allow us to pivot to focus our engineers on a broader set of projects. So this is not about reducing programs as much as it is finding ways for us to invest in more high value opportunities and make sure that uh, that we've got the engineering uh, engagement activity chasing the highest return activity. And then manufacturing, just as you've seen us do with linear, it'll take a it'll take a little time for us to get the planning uh, worked out, and these synergies always take a bit more time on the manufacturing side, given the tremendous complexity of semi-manufacturing, and that's why uh, we've said we'll need another year beyond the 24-month window to to be able to drive those through to the P&L. Thanks for the question. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Go to our next caller, please. Thank you. We have our next question comes from the line of Tashia Harry from Goldman Sachs. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Good morning, Toshi. Hey, good morning. Uh, thanks for taking the question, and uh, congrats to, to both uh, parties. Um, I guess this one is for, for Vince. Um, the question is, why now? Um, I, I could be mistaken, but I'm guessing that um, – you know, in, in the past, you, you may have entertained the idea of, of getting together with, with Maxim. I could be wrong, but, but, but I'm guessing there. Um, to the extent that that's true, I guess, um, why, why, why wasn't this done earlier? Why now? Uh, what's changed over the past uh, couple of years for you to, to, to move forward with this deal? Thank you. Thanks, Toshi. Yeah, first off, I would say that um, there is tremendous respect both directions. Uh, I've long been an admirer of, of Maxim. Um, Maxim is one of the pioneers in the analog industry, so there was always an interest there. But I would say that um, Maxim is fundamentally a different company now than it was, say, three, five, seven years ago. The mix of the business has changed. I mean, ADI is a very different company, too. Over the last eight or nine years, we've retooled ADI to be a lot more B2B-centered. And I think uh, Maxim... Uh, has changed its business mix as well, a lot more towards B2B applications and customers. Uh, the customer base has broadened as well. Um, so it's very, very well aligned with, uh, with ADI's strategy too. You know, at one point in time, the consumer side of Maxim was, uh, you know, highly concentrated in the consumer space. It was over, you know, 20, 20% plus. It's now... Um, a lot less than that. 
are on its way to being less than that. And the customer concentration is considerably less than it was. Uh, also, as I mentioned earlier, it bolsters our automotive business. And, uh, you know, an area that we've had an interest in, uh, but we've come late to, is data center power. So we, we get that uh, in a very significant way with the combination. Um, the financials as well, Tunch and his team have done a phenomenal job at increasing the margin structures of the company over the last uh, five years or so. Uh, gross margins are up um, over 800 basis points. So, uh, you know, there, there are many, I would say, operating capabilities as well that are complementary on both sides. For example, uh, Maxim's got a, um, a really, really world-beating um, process platform that will, I think, enable us to do a lot more in terms of solution development for our customers, combining all the facets of power, analog, and digital technologies. So I think that's it. Fundamentally, it's a, it's a very different company, but um, we've always been uh, very, very, I would say, strong admirers of Maxim. So as I said earlier on uh, in answering somebody else's question, you know, we are focused on making sure that we get ahead of secular trends and help our customers really produce the innovations that they need by combining these companies. Thanks, Toshi. Go to our next question, please. Thank you. We have our next question comes from the line of Ambrish Srivastava from BMO. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Hi, good morning. Thank you for, uh, for taking my question. Uh, Vince, I also wanted to uh, circle back on uh, the earlier question. You know, when you bought linear, it was uh, pretty straightforward um, that you didn't have power. So you got linear and you got the, yeah. uh, one of the best power assets out there. When I'm thinking about Max and, and, and respecting what Tunch has done over the years, uh, transforming the business from the customer concentration in, in consumer, I'm just trying to understand, was this mostly uh, – a matter of scale because some of the areas you're talking about, why couldn't linear power have gone into those areas? So that's, that's my struggle. Uh, and, and maybe the answer is that simple as with scale or uh, you, you felt competitively against Texan, you couldn't um, get into certain areas and then uh, Maxim is bringing in that which allows you to compete more effectively. So just wanted more color on the genesis of the thinking. Um, and, and, and we all been follow Maxim following Maxim for a while, yeah. so we know what uh, Tunch has done over the years. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Ambrish. Uh, well, I'd say, fundamentally, the analog business is very, very nuanced. No two, no two products are the same. Um, so we get tremendous breadth of SKUs. Uh, there's a very interesting roadmap of products as well that, um, that Maxim's got. Uh, that will be unique in the portfolio. So, you know, we are very opportunity rich as a company. And uh, by combining with Maxim, we get the opportunity to take on more opportunity in more customers and in more markets. Let me give you an example on the power side. So, yes, the, the predominant product area in LTC has been power. Um, Maxim brings a significant power business as well, but actually the focuses were quite different. LT was largely building a catalog of products that would address, you know, so they, these were building block functions that would address a broad array of customers. And I would say um, Maxim has taken a more 
application-oriented view of the world, uh, albeit across a number of broad applications. So again, a lot of complementarity, one more broad market focused and the other, I would say, generally speaking, more application focused. So probably more concentrated in terms of customers. Thank you, Amrish. We'll go to the next question, please. Thank you. We have our next question comes from the line of Chris Daly from CD Group. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Hey, thanks, guys. Um, congrats on getting the deal done. Uh, my question is for Tunch. Hey, Tunch. Um, I, I guess uh, why uh, sell out versus remaining independent? And then also on the price, um, I think it's about a 17% premium right now, and we're you know arguably coming out of the coming out of the downturn here with with better times. Why not kind of hold out for a, for a higher price? Well, um, okay. First of all, I, I, you know, as we said, both Vince and I, you know, this is a really strong uh, combination, uh, and I think it, it really builds a, a a great company by combining the companies. Uh, you know, yes, we're we're doing well, uh, but so is analog devices. Uh, both companies are doing really well. Uh, what I really saw was a very complementary uh, product portfolio of the two companies. Uh, in, in a consolidating industry, I think analog devices is really a great uh, partner for the company because mainly the companies have similar cultures. We're engineering focused. Um, we've got product lines that are very complementary, as uh, Vince described very well. So I think both companies are in a position of strength, and usually those are the good times to combine companies. Um, and I, I think that. Um, that's really important. On the issue of, uh, you know, calculating, you know, you know what we got uh, as a price for the company, as I said, you know, we are very confident about the future, and therefore it did make sense for us to do the deal that's an all-stock deal. And in general, when it's an all-stock deal, since the uh, combining company sees also the benefits of, the, the, the two companies merging together, you know, usually the, um, um, you know, the premiums are less than it is in an all cash deal. So uh, for us, this was a deal that made sense. Uh, I think there were questions asked about timing. You can always ask that timing whenever it happens. Uh, I think uh, this was a time when uh, the discussions were more positive and it made sense for us. Thanks, Tunch. You're welcome. Thank you, Chris. We'll go to the next question, please. Thank you. We have our next question comes from the line of Meech Steves from RBC Capital Markets. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Thank you, guys. Thanks for taking my question. So I kind of wanted to focus a bit on the margin profile for the Proforma company. So back when you guys acquired Linear, you guys had a $5 target uh, for the combination and easily overshot that very quickly. But I don't see any real projections here for the combined EPS or what the overall margin profile should look like for the company. So can you maybe help us out there in terms of if you're going to be able to, to drive 70% plus gross margin, 40% plus operating margin, considering you have multiple uh, lines of synergies here? Or how should we how should we think about, I guess, the earnings power going forward or the margin profile? Yeah, Mitch, thank, thanks for the question. So um, we, uh, we're st we still need to work through uh, some more elements of our uh, investor model. So we uh, will we'll likely... Uh, be sharing the, the view on how to think about 
on a long-term basis our investor model going forward. But let me make sure that uh, as you put your construct together, you can uh, you can do the uh, the synergy model correctly. Um, we we fully intend to get back to a 70% gross margin and 40% uh, operating margins uh, uh, over over time. Um, so our out of the gates, we're going to likely have a little bit of a lower uh, gross margins. And uh, it isn't really due to, to Maxim, uh, but you're combining it with, uh, with ADI at the high end there. So there's a little bit of dilution there. But as these cost things uh, come in, remember, we still have $100 million of cost of goods synergies from the closure of the, uh, of the two linear facilities that are in front of us. Uh, those are very much on track. We'll start seeing some of that in the fourth quarter of this year, and then it'll tail in over all of, uh, all of next fiscal year. And then we've outlined the, uh, the path here to $275 million of cost synergies. We are working to front end load that. That's why we feel very good about getting uh, accretive in an 18-month window. Uh, but we'll need the full 24 months to get all of that into the run rate. And then after that, we have the manufacturing uh, efforts. And we've got some initial ideas on that, but we really need a bit more time to put more, um, put more construct around that. Manufacturing cost synergies with Maxim are going to take a little are going to take longer than the uh, the two-year window. So that's why we've talked about that second phase, and you'll see the boost of that coming really uh, in that uh, in that third year post-close. I also may want to make sure that that everyone models incorrectly. We will have a lot of cash coming out of this uh, transaction. So there is. Um, going to be significant cash accumulation on the Maxim side, uh, as well as uh, um, from ADI, although we're going to, we're going to continue to, to honor our dividend policy. Uh, so when these transactions come together, we are going to be at a very good new net leverage ratio with significant amount of firepower on the balance sheet that's going to allow us to really aggressively go after share reduction. Thank you, Mitch. Next caller, please. Thank you. We have our next question. It comes from the line of Blaine Curtis from Barclays. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Hey, thanks, Tim. My question, just wanted to ask under the current business environment, you both positively create here. We've seen microchip as well. Just some more color. We're seeing the strength. I think everybody was kind of cautious and, you know, and, and built in some cancellations. So I think that's one part of it. Any color on that? And then just where are you seeing the, the, the better business trends as well? I'll keep it quite high-level, Blaine. This call today is really more about the combination of Maxim and ADI, but a high level. I mean, we gave her out a look. It, it was high the, pan, high the pandemic, a lot of uncertainty in the market. We talked about having really strong backlog log coverage, and our expectation that orders got worse from there. Um, things have maintained a, a decent pace, and we saw some good strength in our industrial and communications markets. Um, so that's what really what drove our outperformance this quarter. And we'll update you more about the results and outlook in our earnings call. Thanks, Mike. Next question, please. Thank you. Our next question comes from the line of Harlan Sir from J.P. Morgan. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Good morning. Congratulations on the acquisition. Um, it's going to be a great combination. Uh, one of the areas the Maxim team has been particularly strong and reflective of the strong position in auto and data center has been in complex power management solutions for the fast-growing high-performance microprocessor and graphics processor market markets targeting things like next-generation autonomous driving with partners like NVIDIA, AI and deep learning with customers like Google for their internally developed AI processor platform. 
Vince, how do you view the synergies here to capture incremental dollar content on these high-performance compute platforms with ADI's portfolio of catalog products? Yeah, so to a first approximation, the ADI portfolio, you know, we have uh, some interconnectivity products in data center, but I'd say most of our sales would come from areas like um, uh, power system monitoring, uh, very complementary. Maxim is doing more of the core power management activity itself uh, with a strong track record. So, you know, as I said, uh, data center is an area where my sense is with the, with the R&D that we can combine to be able to take more of the problem on board in areas like cloud and data center, uh, we'll build more strength in terms of our connection with the customers uh, in, the, in the years ahead. So I think we can build off it. It's, it's highly complementary. And, um, you know, we, um, as I said, I believe that given our scale at ADI that we've been underpenetrated in cloud and data centers. So I think Maxim boosts an awful lot there. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan. Amir, we'll go to the last question, please. Okay, our next question comes from the line of Stacey Raskin from Bernstein. Your line is open. Please go ahead. Hi, guys. Thanks for squeezing me in. Um, I, want, I wanted to see if you could help me. I'm, I'm a little confused. So given the equity financing and the, you know, the relatively minimal cost synergies given, given what's going on, I mean, your investors, as far as I can tell, are basically betting on the opportunity for growth and then free cash flow return because you go in, you know, to 100% plus free cash flow. But Frankly, Maxim has never grown their revenues, and I feel like the revenue synergy narrative here is harder to come by, at least harder to describe than linear, where you did have the direct bolt-on of power. And as far as the free cash flow return goes, I mean, that's fine, but it's an expensive price to pay just to acquire cash flow to return. I was wondering if you could just help us a little more with, with the rationale, like, like, like what is going on here? Are those the things that investors should be betting on to see like value increase from here, growth and, and free cash flow return. How do I, how do I square that circle? Yeah. So first and foremost, Stacey, we are, look, we're combining the companies to boost our optionality to be able to grow this company in more places in the spaces that we care about. That's fundamental to the deal. So, uh, you know, as I've said, the, the portfolio, the technologies, the portfolios are very complementary. And, you know, the, the sheer scale of the ADI um, selling effort, the go-to-market effort, uh, will give us more opportunities to take a bigger portfolio to more customers. I mean, that, that's a, a big, big, I think, value of the deal, that um, just the, the scale of our go-to-market efforts, the scale of the combined engineering capability to be able to tackle bigger parts of, of more of the roadmap, and the on-hand products, by the way, you know, the the portfolio products that uh, Maxim has, for example, in interconnectivity uh, that we can take beyond the automotive sector where there's tremendous strength today. So we see lots of opportunity in both the short term to be able to take the existing portfolio of Maxim products to more and more customers uh, and over the longer term to be able to produce more complete suites of um, of product offerings for our customers by combining the, the complementary portfolios. Prashant, do you want to add anything to that? 
Yeah, uh, Stacy. Let's just make sure that uh, that uh, you're helpful with uh, with the investor community in how they should model this, right? Um, we did all equity, and as Vince mentioned earlier, it's a great use of our currency. That's one of the benefits of being a public company. And given the backdrop, as as Trinch also answered, um, with uh, with what was going on with the pandemic, this was a creative way to solve for uh, a how do you value a company when there is so much volatility out there. Uh, as you think about the economics of the model, and we mentioned that we will get accretive in 18 months, uh, the investor base has very high uh, overlap, so a uh, great deal of, of, the, uh, of the shareholders are already in both stocks. So as we become accretive, they're going to uh, get the benefits of both. And then I want to talk about the way that we think about uh, ROI. Um, so... Uh, in, in, in as you model this uh, from an ROI standpoint, or the way we think about it from an ROI standpoint, the, um, the, the key is looking at the kind of the, the window. Our approach uh, on inorganic growth has, has always been less about near-term accretion and more about creating long-term. So we don't look to buy companies simply to kind of take the cost out and then drive large amounts of cost savings. We really take a very different approach to M&A. So we believe that by combining now, five years from now, we'll be better positioned to succeed and take market share across the end market. Much like the two deals we did before, uh, it's going to take a little bit of time to achieve our uh, weighted uh, average cost of capital, which is uh, sort of in that, in that uh, mid to high single digit. But that's also fairly a reflection of the analog market. It takes time to get the uh, the product to peak revenue, and it takes time to kind of make those penetrations. But as, as we all know and love, once you have those sockets, you hang on to them forever, and that gives you a great runway to get the return on the investments you've made. So we put the companies together. We're going to be accretive in 18 months. We've given a very clear path towards significant cost synergies in the first 24 months. We've indicated that we have additional cost synergies coming in the third year following the, uh, w coming from manufacturing, we've been clear that when we put these together, we're very comfortable with our leverage position. So now we're going to take this uh, combined organization, which is going to have a monstrous amount of free cash flow, and we're going to return that to shareholders, which is going to drive a significant reduction in share count on a go-forward basis. And all of that will accrete <coughs> to our shareholders while the revenue synergies from the cross-selling opportunities build up over the longer term and make this a a much stronger company five years from now. Yeah, can I ask that? I, I, can I add to that one? So I think it's, uh, first of all, I think, you know, both Vincent Prasad said it right. I mean, this combination we didn't do just to take out a bunch of costs in return uh, that to, to shareholders. It was really a long-term play. And uh, for years, Vince has talked about, you know, how the uh, linear technology power portfolio uh, we, they could more effectively sell. I think that story rings well here too. Uh, we both have some of the core products and technologies in, in multiple markets. Um, you know, measurement, signal chain, all of this very strong on the uh, ADI side. There are other areas like, you know, connectivity inside of cars where we are. And we both can go to, we can now go to companies saying we've got everything for you uh, and be able to you know, capture all kinds of different sockets in, in these platforms. So it's, 
it really is a, a strength that we get uh, as a combined company. Got it. Good luck, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for joining us this morning. A copy of the transcript will be available on our website, and all available reconciliations and additional information can also be found at the events section of our investor relations website. Thanks for joining us and your continued interest in analog devices. Have a good day. This concludes today's Analog Devices conference call. You may now disconnect.